1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History, I'm Matthew Moss
2: of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fighting on Film. This week we are taking on a classic naval adventure, Yangtze Incident, the story of HMS Amethyst, starring Richard Todd. Todd, Um, Todd, Todd, Todd. (laughs) uh, A fan favourite, a couple of people were pretty excited about this when it won the uh the patreon uh vote if you're a patreon supporter you can you can vote each month on uh a range of films that we we might cover and then the winner gets uh an episode where we cover it in full like this i like this film i've done for a long time so i'm excited to to cover this one
1: yeah i'm as well it's our first is it our first naval film we're land lovers it we matter aren't we, Matt, at heart, aren't we? <laughs> inadvertently it seems so
2: yeah so yeah yangtze incident um about a, a real-life incident that occurred in 1949 where a black swan-class sloop, HMS Amethyst, is travelling up the Yangtze River to take um, supplies to uh, a British uh, embassy or... Yeah, it's like a, like a guard ship or something for the embassy. Yeah, and they get open-fired on by PLA uh, batteries on the riverbank. In the panic, they run aground on a on a mud bank, taking it, absolutely pasting from the shore batteries. Yeah, they do. And then the film basically follows the, the story of how the... The ship was refloated, and finally, after months of being sort of under siege, escaped. So, like a classic British war movie of the fifties, Second World
1: War film. But as we said when we were chatting about it before we started recording, it's not set in the Second World War. It's yeah, an it's anomaly. A Cold war film. But it's a Cold War, war film. film. Very much, yeah. Very much like
2: a World War II, like fifties British movie, doesn't yeah. it?
1: And that'll become more apparent, like when we talk about the production. But as we go into the cast, I mean, as you heard earlier. Your big star, Richard Todd. You know, he's at the peak of his powers. He's, he's come off Dan Buster's, as we all know and love.
2: He must be like one of the few actors that portrays Army, Navy and Air Force. Yeah, in, yeah. In
1: big roles. Yeah, that's true. And then you've got another great star. I mean, well, he would go on to be even more of a household name, yeah. but William Hartnell, um, the first Doctor himself. Yeah, and I mean, listeners is, might remember him from uh, The Way Ahead.
2: Um, yeah, so he plays uh, leading seaman uh, Frank who's sort of the coxswain of the ship, isn't he? He's the yeah. senior rating. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's great in this. I, Hartnell
1: doing what Hartnell does best. He, does, like,
2: he shows his complete range in this film.
1: Mm, he's very likeable in it as well. Isn't yeah. He? And the chemistry between him and Todd is just off the scale. It's so good. And then you've got um, Akim Tamiroff. Tamiroff? Tamiroff. Yeah. yeah. He'd uh, been in uh, for, for Who the Bell Tolls uh, and The General Died at Dawn and he got um, Academy Award nominations for both of them. And he plays uh, the antagonist of the movie uh, Colonel Peng, who's a PLA officer in it.
2: Mm, yeah, they yeah at, um, at some sort of conferences, don't they, where they're trying to negotiate a little bit. That's it. Yeah, meetings. Yeah, we'll, we'll come. We'll come back to uh, Tamara. Yeah, he'll he'll
1: come up again. Peng.
2: Yeah. Uh, then we've got uh, Donald Houston uh, as Lieutenant uh, Jeffrey Weston. Bernard Cribbins in his yeah first a very young Bernard Cribbins. Uh, Ian Bannon as uh, a stoker.
1: Yeah, and you'll remember him from The Hill. And then, interestingly enough, I did some digging, and um, Robert Urquhart, who plays the, um, the RAF medical orderly, who, who comes and gives aid oh, yeah. to the, the crew, he was in Dogs of War.
2: Was he? Yeah. He... Who did he play in Dogs of War?
1: <laughs> oh, crikey, hang on. He must have been the freighter captain then. And Yeah, and he was
2: in 55 Days at Peking as Captain oh. Hanley. It's a very 50s cast, isn't it? Very... It is. It's really good, though. It's full of... yeah faces you recognize but don't always remember the name of sort of yeah faces not there so going on to the production so it was a wilcox and eagle production
1: and they were a, a husband and wife team and it was uh herbert wilcox uh, who uh, produced it and the director was uh michael anderson and he directed uh richard todd already in the dam busters so there's you know yeah. great war movie connections there um and Anderson goes on to film Around the World in Eighty Days and Logan's Run. So he's you know and one of the uh,
2: first adaptations of Orwell's nineteen eighty-four as well. In those like three years, he did um Dan Buster's nineteen eighty four, Around the World in Eighty Days, and Yangtze incident.
1: Um and then is written by Eric Ambler, and he's got to be the king of of writing um sea epics, hasn't he? Well, two of your faves
2: as well, Rob is, it's the way ahead and the Yes.
1: Cool yeah, yeah, and he wrote the new lot as well, the the first um, oh, version yeah. of the year way ahead and he wrote Night to Remember as well
2: it feels really cruel sea-ish doesn't it mm. at times we get an opening with you know lots of action and then there's a there's a middle section where they're under siege they're they're sort of just trying to survive trying to get food onto the ship trying to work out how they're going to escape yeah and they're trying to negotiate and get crewmen back on board. kind of like a heist film in that regard if you know what I mean yeah, there's there's a little section in there isn't there where he's like and how 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 much fuel have we got on board and
1: yeah it's all like how can we make the ship look not like yeah you you almost feel like they're this, going to get a big map out and like the, the the salt and pepper pot's going to be like the the ships and the, the coastal battery at one point i could have felt that if that had happened i'd have been like okay you know it yeah, did we'll feel that way. Little,
2: nice little scene where he's sort of like drawing yeah that's really cool yeah the, uh, the silhouette of the ship like oh yeah if we put a little bit of canvas here yeah
1: well, nothing like <laughs> the <to> frigate <forget. laughs> yeah I thought he was going to, like, cross out one, the guns, and get all the lads to, like, unbolt the gun or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's filmed in the UK, filmed on the rivers Orwell and Stour in uh, Ipswich, Suffolk. Um, so, yeah, film, filmed in the UK again. But you could hardly tell at some... I don't think you could tell, really. I mean...
2: Well, I, I don't know what the Yangtze River Valley looks like. but not really. I'm not really over with the Yangtze River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I I would guess that it doesn't look... A lot like Suffolk. No, and then who, who knows? But there's some I mean, good map
1: paintings for background and things like that. Put on.
2: It's it's just um it's just a pretty standard river plane. You don't see yeah. a great deal of it because it, it's shot. No, it's shot very, very tightly at times. Ship, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah you get sampans going across every now and then. So it's, it does enough little bit of world building there. Yeah, that must have been quite a sight to see.
2: You know, <laughs> <the other laughs> the bank
1: in, in in- You never guess what I saw when I went out the other day. <laughs> Chinese sampan on river. Sorry if that butchered that accent, rid of our regional listeners out there. Well, yeah, it must have been a bit surreal. And it, all those we should have been yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, cruises up and down the, the the shop. You know, and that and that brings us perfectly onto the the ships that we used.
2: Yeah, so there was HMS Amethyst, the actual ship. Yes. Um, by which point she'd been paid off and been stripped of her engine so she couldn't move. But she was used as sort of like the in position shots initially. Yeah um and yeah, i think it was hms magpie was the other ship a sister ship of the same class uh, who still had her engine so for the shots where amethyst is underway you get magpie standing in as well as the
1: hms teaser um that was stood in for consort and concord the ships that tried to come to
2: his side yeah the cruiser that came up yeah that's it yeah and they take a pacing as well don't they it's a really cho- well choreographed sort of little scene the bit the opening mm. isn't it? it just shows them ambling down the river towards nanking and they're not yeah. expecting anything. And all of a sudden, the, the PLA have reached the Yangtze River. And it's it's during that point where uh, the KMT, the, the, the Chinese Republican forces, are collapsing. Mm. Uh, they're about to go on their great retreat to Taiwan. It's that interesting moment in history. I thought it was really interesting that we're getting this story about a confrontation between Britain and China before the Korean War. But filmed afterwards, so we have this yes. interesting, like sort of cultural context of it's an enemy at the time we wouldn't have expected. But by the time the film is being filmed and released, it's it's a well-known enemy. It's China.
1: Yeah, because but that's even odder in itself because how little Korean War movies there are, like in British film, it's even more interesting because I don't actually think the film. I don't really think they point any fingers at
2: the Chinese to say they're like our enemy. Or anything like that. You know how what I mean by that? Little, oh, yeah, I definitely do because it's really yeah. interesting that how little overt sort of anti-communist propaganda is.
1: That's what I'm trying to. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think there's so a even, big anti-communist. I mean, the, sh-
2: the Chinese are shown as being duplicitous, but could have been purely for the you know the, the, the plot.
1: Yeah, no one ever goes like, oh, I, the way that you are. There's only one line where it goes, oh, they're funny. I think that says more about. And it's no, like that's, that's not exactly scathing, is it? No. It's interesting, because I think that says more about how the Korean War at large is perceived over here than it probably yeah,
2: means I, to. Yeah, I know what you mean, because people involved in the actual war held sort of prejudices because they were involved and experienced these things. Whereas the general population... Yeah,
1: those prejudices weren't held I mean, by exactly, everyone else. It went,
2: yeah. It's, it's not like World War II where
1: it was an all-in war. But I think it's definitely more felt in America than it is here. Mm definitely um, and you can see because the, the Americans have got lots of films on the Korean War and they're still making them aren't they um, anyway <laughs> that's the other side there but not interesting anyway but John K- uh, Karen's himself uh, he, he was technical advisor and it, interestingly enough the <laughs> the amethyst was damaged on, in filming and, and nearly beached and uh, Karens, um <laughs> saved the amethyst again on set which I think is really
2: yeah. ironic I, that's incredible because at the <laughs> beginning of the film it says the invaluable help of yeah, you like you think oh well he just really helped and you know yeah. told them the story of what happened <laughs> saved the ship you know, twice yeah exactly it was more damaged during filming than she was like, like that's incredible to... isn't it some prior guy would be like oh god <laughs> yeah. giant charge went off um yeah and hold her under the water line and damaged the engine room at that point magpies became the, the full standing rather than just the yes. you know, underway shots but yeah really fascinating no, it's is great, isn't it? It's because it's, it's like the cruel scene
1: in that regard again where you know you've got real ships portraying themselves, which is really good. Because it just adds to the adds to the movie in so many ways. And I've got a retro review this week from the Kensington Post, uh, Friday, the 4th of October, 1957. So it says a quick look at this week's films. Yangtze Instant, one of Britain's finest ever war films, retells the immortal story of the HMS Amethyst, the tiny frigate which came under communist guns, was crippled and only made its escape through the determinations of skipper Commander Kieran, Richard Todd, superb in leading role. And another article that I found is really interesting. It's from the West London Observer um, the same week, actually. Well-made flag waver, but is it necessary? What are we supposed to feel and think about it? Undoubtedly, there are many people who will want to stand up at the end and wave minute to Union Jacks, leaving me still... In my seat, dejected and with an empty feeling, we have seen too much of this on screen heroism. Every part of it is familiar from the steady progress of the ship up the river to the inscrutable faces of Chinese communists, from the clipped accents of the British officers, with the comforting moment of human sympathy allowed to creep in here and there, to the thud of shells exploding and the jolly humor of the lower ranks. All in all, one of those plodding, patriotic marching tunes is turned out, rising to a crescendo at the moments of glory. Humming pianissimo is the background during the sentimental episodes. You can hardly tell one of them from another, and they all derive from the pattern and sound established by Elgar. Through, they've debased his original conception.
2: It's sort of a, a rumination on nationalism in 1957. 19- yeah, it, is. 57. Yeah, it really It's a really great article. Well, I'll stick that
1: up on the on the Twitter for everyone to have a read. Yeah.
2: I mean, that that comes back to sort of what we were saying earlier about it feeling like a a classic World War II movie. There's lots of these films coming out at that point from the British cinema industry. You've got to think that Battle of the River Plate had come out recently, so you've got that same sort of...
1: Like a year before, same year? yeah,
2: Yeah, so you have that same sort of naval theme. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting review because you don't see that very often in in sort of in, the, in the 50s perhaps that's a little bit of contemplation mm. I mean, on on the, on the reviewer's part there that's interesting yeah it felt very felt very progressive for the yeah. time mm. yeah i mean it, you don't get battered around the head by the the nationalism the patriots. no i don't think so that's really
1: it. the opening bit and the end bit with the flag the bad flag yeah. but i think that's saying more about
2: the ship than it is England. Yeah, I'd agree with I mean, It's that it's a it's a white naval ensign. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's the "God Save the, the King" line that Karen says at the end, but that's what he actually set in a single. Yeah, exactly. That's his. That's a direct quote. It's interesting, and it's interesting that he mentions Elgar there. With the the score itself was done by um, Leighton Lucas, who who also did the score for um, Target for Tonight, Ice Cold in Alex, and he did some of the music for Danbusters as well. It's what makes those films of the 40s 50s sort of hmm. synonymous and, and it's
1: really rousing isn't it it's a rousing yeah, it score at the end it's very subdued and then it builds the, right it at the end that, that kind of music is like a key aspect of,
2: of british war films of that period
1: isn't it a bit jingoistic for me it did every time i see that end bit i'm like yeah oh, come that, on
2: which is exactly the, what they want you to do the <laughs> but when the music swells and and amethysts going down river you know it's it's yeah. a bit of a triumphal moment and that music fits
0: It's time for Ali Talley on fighting on film.
1: There was a couple of things really, like, and I, you know, I always choose a bit of weird stuff. Usually, um, I like the herrings in thing because it was it was funny. Because at the start, it's like a comedic scene where the the telegraphist like knocking on the door. I think it's that na- is it in the naffy the naffy shop? Yeah, I-, I think it was. Or I'm the stores not or not whatever. With the no, store, yeah. well, I assumed it was a naffy. But um yeah. and he's like, Headings. I think he's Welsh, isn't he? The guy. He
2: sounds Welsh. Yeah, it's regional.
1: Yeah, he's like, Oh it's headings. He's regional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's oh like, herrings, mate. So he gives him a ten of herrings, he's walking off and goes, he goes back, he goes back, he goes, No, I like herrings in, I like the tomato sauce. And it's it's funny, he's like, I do where you find room for all this food. Yeah, it's quite a funny scene. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes important because like as time goes on the ship's supplies get less and less and the telegraphist is there night and day trying to get all these messages in and out, you know, working himself to exhaustion yeah. and they coax him along with these sandwiches. And I think it just becomes like a nice comedic relief. Todd goes, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll have one of those sandwiches. And he starts, takes time, like a tiny bite, token gesture. And then the take goes, oh, I think I'll have a bite. I think I have some too, sir. It's not something I thought I'd come away from the film remembering like after it's like a sort of thing that stuck with me i think it's quite funny it's a bit snorkers isn't it really it's, that's it that's exactly it it's a little bit snorkers isn't it and maybe that's eric ambler that's maybe Orca, <laughs> his writing yeah. style um, like, yeah i've got to get some food into this coming through but i think i think you have to just say it's a sunderland isn't it mm, That's <gasps> how how great is that and especially because it's an actual sunderland yeah you know doing the shots around you know you you, you some theorise that they're probably using it for aerial shots as well.
2: I think so, because you get that beautiful sort of um, aerial shot as the Sunderland sort of arcs around, because it's sort of canted. Mm. You see the the sampans and the um, other bits of river traffic and and amethyst in in the river below. You get that. Ready to pop the question? a great shot of the, the cockpit as well.
1: Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Such a great shot. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, that's not, that's not a real cockpit of a Oh, it can't be. And then I like, no, no, hang on. It it, it definitely is, because it's a real Sandlin that they're filming. Because when it comes in, it could be stock footage. And when yeah, it, it really, lands, it I was like, oh, it's a real it's one.
2: Actually, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really, it's just rare to see how, how often you see one. No, it's true. And it's quite a sight because they're big aircraft they're huge and it, it, well, short
1: Sunderland. ironic isn't it really yeah <laughs> you know? I, thought
2: it, I thought it was really cool that you you see him coming up to the side of it and you get an idea of the scale because that, that was a model i really like that because it, it sort of gave you the, the scale and then did you do you realize that like that guy goes to help the, the the people off the plane back to the ship and ends up leaving on the plane oh yeah 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 it's like hang on a minute we're probably quite lucky really the RAF doctor gets gets in the boat just in time but yeah you know, he, he gets flown off yeah but i mean they're, they're very lucky that 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 sunderland didn't actually get hit by some shore fire because yeah that'd been bad it'd been obliterated wouldn't it
1: the last one i, I like i just like the bits with the cat in it there's only two little scenes with the cat that's Sam meant cat. to be simon the cat now for anyone that doesn't know He was uh, like, he won the the, the Dickens Medal, which is the VC equivalent for for animals. Yeah, for the Um, PDSA. PDSA, yeah. So he won that for Survive Shell Fire. He kept morale up by being a a good cat, I guess. And then he um, He caught mice. Yeah. And that's my only criticism. One of my few criticisms of the movie. Why couldn't they have had a scene where a cat caught a mouse? And one of the sailors said, you know, well done, lads. You know, keeping us safe and all that. It
2: would
1: have been cute. (laughs) Because <laughs> considering Yeah exactly Because considering how Much of a beloved news story And how famous the cat you know, was He's in all the pathy <laughs> and, Yeah he's in of it, Isn't he it. Yeah because he so, was, yeah, it was um, like Such a beloved thing And I, I know when the Real Simon died The, the cat passed away Unfortunately Of, of his wounds. Um, the whole crew of the HMS Amethyst Went to his funeral Which is really really nice They'll have to do an animated film Like they did for Stubby
2: Oh that'd be good actually
1: yeah. I'd love that yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Matt, I've rambled on for long enough. You're, you're alley this week.
2: Um, well, obviously, the Sunderland was great, but we also get um, a landing craft assault. So
1: Yay, yeah, arrives, that's
2: cool. Commander Karens arrives on a on an LCA um, and, and he arrives on that. And that's kind of cool, getting to see one of those. Um, mm. Just seeing scenes around the ship. So you get to see the engine. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? We get to see the steering compartment and there's, yeah, there's that scene where during the opening, where uh, Hartnell's steering the ship. Yeah, that's uh, great. From below, and I, you know, you, you're half expecting it to do that same bit from—is it Battle of the Play or Sink the Bismarck, where the blood drips through the voice pipe? Oh yeah, it's that same sort of feel in that. Movie. Mm. But yeah, so I, I really like the being able, you know, getting to see some of the parts of the ship. But great to see um, QF four-inch guns. Yeah blasted away absolutely hammering that shore engines. battery at times aren't yeah. they yeah um, but no lanchester's no lanchester shingles, <laughs> no which was a royal navy staple right into the 70s so they should have been there yes yeah, so it was quite a good alley
1: this week i thought it was quite good in a film with very little the accent action scenes aren't little but like for yeah. kit there's just not much no. kit on show because it's you know there's some interesting stuff in there yeah it's great it's like the sunderland i mean come on it's worth it's worth watching just for the sunderland really
2: if you're, if you're yes, a yeah, plane it's, fan. Almost, it's, it's like the, um, the Waco glider scenes in uh, Objective Burma*. Exactly. If you love your flying boats, this movie's for you. Matt, fave scene from this week. Uh, for me, it's it's the end. It's the it's the ending. It's where they they're escaping, and it's just such a well composed little scene. Yeah, sort of suspense of them sneaking away initially, and then the the action of the, the Chinese realising that they've they've um, they've escaped, and that that poor uh, civilian freighter gets set on fire and takes all takes all the shore gunfire and then we get that was nice of them wasn't it it just it was nice (laughs) to lead the ship and then you know take the fire for take the flak for them and then we get to see some really great model work which was done oh it's um, absolutely um, beautiful isn't it yes because uh, blackwell had done uh, the miniatures on um angels one five as well oh really oh wow that's great it's rare that you find out who did the miniature work on these films and the model work so it's it's nice when you actually do find out who it is to 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 put a name to the work bloody good good, work i mean that bit where they're going between the boom and and the 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 forts is is really good um but yeah that was that was my favorite um but there's there's lots of really nice little scenes i really actually a fun little scene is the one where um they're there at the height of summer so they're all baking in 100 degree heat yep and they're all sat below decks listening to the radio well service, I would assume. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. I love this bit. And, um, yeah, and and it comes across that you know someone's got a request and it, they start playing it and it's. You
1: know, oh, I do like, the like to be beside, beside the seaside. seaside. It, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they all start throwing. Stuff he gets like pelted that. with like yeah. rag, like pillows and cans and things, isn't he? <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> I love that bit. I mean, for me, it's um. I mean, I like. I just like seeing William Hartnell win in non-Doctor Who roles because um, mm. I think he's just a great actor in his own right. Um but there's and there's a scene for me that stands out. He's absolutely fantastic in, all the way through. You know, he's not only is like his um chemistry with Todd is just top-notch and they, they bounce off each other really, really well. And, like I believe them, I believe that sort of coxswain to to skip a sort of relationship. He the fatherly NCO really well, doesn't it? Exactly, as as he does in um The Way Ahead too. Mm um but there's a scene where i think they're they're either low on i can't remember that they're either low on officers or they just want someone to go along with todd for the meetings initially and um you know they choose um partner's character and they make him wear they make him put on the uniform obviously and he's sort of like i don't know what they'll make of me in this sort of thing and the tone changes it sort of goes from like serious staunch stoic mm. war movie to like eagling comedy in like two seconds flat yeah and he like puts a, a foot out into onto the deck and someone goes like Ach! you know like makes a really funny sound and he like does really up comedy up acting scenes, yeah. yeah and then he like struts down the, the deck and they're all like polishing the floor in front of him like feeding it. off his hat and stuff it's really funny I liked how the uniform was just slightly too big for. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, and it adds subtly to the comedic element. It's great comic relief. And then he sort—he of, goes to get on the sampan, and there's like a, I think it's crewed by women. And he turned. I think he turns around to the lad he was talking to at the front at the start about like, will there be any women like in Shanghai or something? Oh, Yeah, yeah. Will there be any girls in Shanghai? Um, and he sort of he turns around to go. Oh, look, girls! And Todd's behind him, and he just sort of like like stutters it's just a great little scene just made me laugh really really yeah, that's, good that's
2: the kind of timing that is difficult to do isn't it
1: really yeah like and then he thing-wise. he switches he, he's it just so Hartnell. Hartnell's range is just on the show here mm. you you you, you un- completely understand why he was cast as the first Doctor Who from these sort of roles because he could do it all I think it was last a couple of weeks ago we we did Show Heroes and I chose a, a, a piece of dialogue from one of my favorite bits um, but it's got to be Todd welcoming HMS Concord. It's just, oh, the delivery of that like so Todd, isn't it? You know. It's at the end, at the end of Dan Buses you've got, I've got some letters to write. And in this one, you've got never, I repeat, never, has a ship been so welcome. God save the king. <laughs> yeah. It's and you know, Karen's did say that, you know. Mm. Direct quote. It's yeah, but it's just uh, that chorus of destroyer whoops. Yeah. And they're all cheering and stuff. Mm. It's just it brings a tear to your eye, does it, almost. It's really sort of... You can tell why, like, people would be... Like, that scene would rouse you in, like, 57 and all the yeah, yeah. patriotism, and you can feel it. It's a really special little moment in the film
2: because you've gone through it and, all with and, it, all and, of them. I mean, from all of the Pathé newsreels that we've been watching in prep for this, of, of covering the actual incident yeah. and, the you know, the return of the, the crew.
1: The brave crew, the HMS the the wrath
2: back in Plymouth... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love Pathé newsreel voice voice. It's, it's, so it's cool. great. So they, they get a newsreel when, when they arrive back in Hong Kong, and then yeah. they get one when they arrive back in uh, in Britain. And th- there's some really great little speeches from, you know, the Admiral of you know, CNC Home Forces, et cetera. And he's like, Yes, yeah, you did rather well. <laughs> yeah. It. It's all like <laughs> downplayed. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, 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 the one clip they get of him is, um, it's up on YouTube. And he, he basically just says, any other ship, any other crew would have done just the same. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, like a, a, tr- a, a tugboat crew? Would they have done the same? So, well done, everyone. Anyway, the crew of back. their dinghy would have that done worked. the exact same. <laughs> it's interesting because it would have, maybe if the film had been made five years earlier, they would have really had a big hit. Wow, if it had come out like mid-Korean war, cool. that could
1: have... It would have, have been a completely really different... Idea. Yeah, I think it had been a completely different film. It's interesting yeah that that whole period of coming out when it came out is very interesting mm. yeah some of the stuff i found online a lot of the newspaper archive stuff it was like you know it's very dan busters-esque but it it, it isn't it's is not proving as popular at the box office but it was popular but not as big so i think um i think that probably brings us on to our final thoughts um and i've i've got a i've got one big one i think me and matt probably on the same page the one thing that annoys me and i'm not trying to modernize the take i'm not trying to you know be too sensitive about it but um i think the portrayal of colonel peng um could have been a bit dealt with a bit better
2: i think what makes it uh even more sort of uh, difficult to take on is the fact that it's supporting actors of the other chinese pla officers are played by asian actors Yes. Um, and then they, they had... He stands out like a sore thumb a bit. He does. And it's, it's not even a nuanced portrayal. Caricature. Um, yeah. Yeah. That kind of caricature music hall. There's no... I mean, nuance. today you wouldn't have got away with it, would you, at all? No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a waste, really. They could have had someone with... I mean, not to say that um, Tamaroff didn't have range, because he was not nominated. No.
1: It feels like pantomime villain. And sort of, you don't take him seriously, and I don't think the movie wants you to, because obviously they want you to side with Todd and everyone else. But I can, I know in that scene, like I'm not, I'm not trying to say Tarimov's a bad actor at all, right? But Todd in those scenes just out, out acts him, um, and in that from that article I mentioned earlier, there is, there is a tiny piece about the characterization of Peng, and it says, um, Akim Tamiroff um, as a grotesque Chinese general does not quite bring off his characterization to my taste, but may be liked by some. It's, it's of its time It is, and, yeah A bit on the nose Yeah You know, a bit uh, needless But I know, I know what you mean
2: And yeah, that this is the one part of the film That sort of trips it He's just not a good villain either No I think well, that like doesn't say, help there's, there's no nuance So you could have had Because mm. in those scenes Where they're negotiating Todd's character has to basically Explain in exposition dialogue Yes He knows what the Chinese are doing And he knows that if he does this If he pushes them They'll think, well, we have to give them something, a concession. If they'd had that Pennell paying character characterized a little more nuanced, then I think they could have portrayed him as. Or just played by a Chinese actor or an
1: Asian actor. Oh, yeah. You know, not not everyone's going to be as annoyed as we were. But for me, every time he spoke, I was like, oh, God, you know, it's just this guy again. It you know, and I. the scene, doesn't it? Yeah. And I didn't mean it in the fact of the character. I just meant it as the actor's portrayal. And I just don't think it's not stood the test of time very well. I think that's my yeah. closing thought on it really That's, that's the one sort of, of hmm. Weak point of the film Oh and it's another aside like, I don't know what you felt about it But why call it Battle Hell For the United States release I don't know It's a very
2: nondescript name isn't it Yeah That sounds more like a Sort of attack type-esque film well, Doesn't it why not, why not have it like Siege on the Yangtze If you're going to have like Yeah a Weird River Problem I don't know River Problem <laughs>
1: <laughs> Richard Todd, it's river problem
2: <laughs> the Yangtze River <laughs> actually bringing up the american release name there reminds me it there's some really interesting parallels with with sand pebbles yes um, I, I come across that time and time again and, when i was um, researching and Steve mcqueen and it's that same it's set in the same river yangtze is the the us yangtze river patrol is is the sand pebbles they're besieged they can't get out they're, they're sort of the, the the, the water level's too low. They can't, they can't get out of the harbour they're in. That's It's interesting. It's just sort of like an interesting parallel. Gangsy Instant. I mean, it's great. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a good. If you weren't paying attention, you would think it was a World War II movie. Yes. Um, when you, when you sort of contextualise it within that period, what mm. it's actually about. And when it was released, it, it becomes all the more interesting. I think it takes on a different level. Yeah. Mm.
1: And that's not something I came across when I was researching. You know, I, would like to see where it stands up in the Cold War films, and I mean, I know our friend at uh, Cold War Conversations podcast will have, probably have a lot to say. So maybe we, if you know if you're listening, please please strike up a conversation on Twitter, because I think it'll be an interesting one to have. It, it does sort of have an un, unusual place in British Cold War cinema, I think. Mm, definitely, maybe maybe forgotten in the in the. Should we put it on the same, you know, parallel zip quest file or something? <laughs> you know is it, is it out there with that we'll find out and you know again thanks to our patrons to for picking this one again it's that i always love you know watching and, and researching what you choose because you always choose some absolute crackers we have a thing uh, we have something that we will want our followers to help us out with in the next couple of weeks because um it's our first birthday week coming up incredibly it's 12 whole
2: months since we, we crazy began the, began the show and yeah yeah, so I, one of the ideas we had uh, to celebrate was to do uh, an AMA and ask us anything, and, and ask us
1: anything special. Um, yeah. So we'll be uh, putting out our, our patrons will get first dibs on questions, and then we'll cast the net wider to the Twitter and, and the Facebook uh, followers, and then we'll record a special of just answering your questions. You know, whether it be about war movies or anything, you know, from what's our favorite food to what's our favorite weapon. I
2: don't know, sort of yeah, as broad as that. War film cinema questions. <laughs> questions about history anything anything. yeah Um, just you know keep it within the realms
1: of answerability on a keep it PG as we can sort of thing Um, (laughs) but no if you know if you're listening later on that'll already be out but you know that'll come out in the next couple of weeks so yeah I mean thanks again for listening everybody We another great episode chosen by our patrons give us a rating on whatever you're listening on follow us on Facebook and Twitter and thanks for listening
2: thanks
1: guys bye